Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Exciting episode of Thriller Bitcoin. I got Tristan Beach in the motherfucking house. Tristan, is it, is it weird to be on this pod? No, not at all. No, it's been a while though because I remember the first one yeah. that we did when I first got a Pleb Lab. I was horrible. It was horrible. You remember that? I remember you like being here. I'm trying to move the camera. Kind of. Can you move over a little bit this way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect, yeah, perfect, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I remember you like um, being like really nervous, dude. Yeah, that's my, that's my first podcast. Can you yeah. blame me? Do you feel like we put a lot on you in the early days, like in December and January? Like we we mm. were trying to make you something like. Well, I think you did, but at the same yeah. time, I think I needed it because had you not done that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Really? But at the same time. What you guys have done is like maybe like one fourth of the total contribution to, I guess, where I'm at today. Wow. Thank but, uh, you. Yeah, no problem. That's a amazing, um, amazing thing to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just remember you coming in December, dude. And like, you're like wide eyed, really believed in Bitcoin. And I was like, who is this guy? But even then, even then, I remember when I first met you, you had made like such a big impression on me. Yeah. Do you I remember, remember I that? I remember the day we met. Do you remember I it? I do. It super brought me into the office. I was, uh -huh. I was in Figma working on the mock-up of the uh, MVP. And you like walked by and so it was like, hey, this is Car, Car, Tristan. You're like, oh, hey, what's up? Kept walking. And you came back, you grabbed a drink or something. I don't know. And super was like, look what we're, look, um, look what we're working on. It's, it's called Lightning Escort. He's like, Oh, cool. What is this? And like, I gave you like the, the pitch at the time. Um, I like kind of showed you what it was and you're like, wait, what's your name again? And like, yeah, really, yeah. Really interested. <laughs> I went, I, I was really, all really fast. And then like, I got to call Kyle. I'm like, who's Kyle? He's like, you're just like, you gotta meet him. And then, um, you like went off for a second and then here comes this big meaty dude. And I was like, who's the, who's the, who the fuck is this guy? Oh yeah. I didn't see yeah, him before. I, no, I, I wasn't. I haven't No, And, um, I got nervous cause I was like, it's kind of intimidating at first. Who, Kyle? Yeah, because like he sat down. He's like, all right, listen, this is Plub yeah. Lab. I want you in. And um, now I realize it's just a teddy bear with muscles. That's all he really is. But yeah. uh, 
That's what it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that first day you were like, man, you seem so much younger back then, dude. But I remember like meeting you and seeing this like fire inside you. And I remember thinking, I remember, I remember asking you questions and I was like, where do you get this from? Do you remember that? Like I was asking no. you like, well, maybe I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I need to find out where he gets this like inner fire from. But you had that from, from like a, the first time I met you that first day. And I was like, I kept asking you questions, like seeing where that stemmed from. Was it like, was it out of competitiveness? Was it out of like pure, sheer confidence? Was it like, like what was it? And, and I, I realized now at the time you were just, you, you had been creating companies since you were like 16 illegally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Kind of. Well, I, wasn't, I didn't have an LLC, a little bit, but you know so, what I mean? Like yeah. you, you've been creating companies. So yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from necessity because when I first moved here, I couldn't find an entry-level tech job because I was studying to be a data scientist on my own. And I was, I was pretty good at what I did. Um, but the thing was, was that every single data scientist job needed like a master's or a bachelor's, or whatever it is. And, you know, I got interviews. I got interviews. I remember but, you said that IBM. Yeah, was like IBM, Oracle, uh, but no one wanted to hire me. So... Dumbasses. After, yeah. Um, after, you know, job application, there was like number 800, 700. I was like, okay, obviously this is not working. I got to start something. And before I moved here, I, when I worked, when I worked in real estate, I remember how awful, you know, mortgages were in terms of like, you know, escrow and man, it's just so slow, just slow process. And I, looking back, it's, it's amazing that no one has like updated this industry. And here I go again, talking about the issue of escrow, but, yeah, but it's fine. amazing. It's just, it's, yeah. it's like one of those industries where you would think that someone would do something about it today, but it's, no one's done anything about it. It's a shame. Yeah. It's kind of weird, dude. I, I remember even the, the first CBC you did and you were, um, you went on stage and everybody was like blown away by all the, by all the stuff that you had thrown on the, 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 the presentation. And I remember people were like, wait, what? Like what? I look to you, like, I remember when we did that, was it that first Thursday of January? That was a while dude, ago. That was a while that ago. Was, it felt like yesterday, dude. It was like five months ago. It was like five, six months ago. But dude, man, that kicked off like the Austin Bitcoin kind of ramp up or at least the last breath before the bear market. I think like you really yeah, kicked it so. off, bro. Thank like you. here in Austin. You, you really did, man. That was the first meetup that we had in Austin. It was like, it was like everybody was still getting over the holidays. And then you just came out with like an uppercut right on the stage. And I was just like, Boss. Give me too much credit, Car. Huh? You give me too much credit. Dude, but it was, it was, it was interesting though, because that whole Christmas, you were just working the whole Christmas. I remember, I remember bothering you and like working with you late into the night, like just to get that presentation up, to, up, you know, up, to, up to par with like mm-hmm. the rest of the club plug blood people. And I remember you were just working so hard, man. It was, a, I was very proud of you. I don't know if I can say that, Thank but you. I was very proud of you. Yeah. I remember, I remember when, um, we did a test run with everybody else and I did oh, horribly, yeah. horribly. And then Kyle's like, all right, need to grab your nuts and just <laughs> fucking like hold them. And let that shit hang. I was like, all right. So did you even know what that meant? No, but now I so do. Just, now like, I do. You're just you, you, a can't, kid. Yeah. you don't know what it means until you actually do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I did like a lot of meditating on, on like what he said and, um, you know, I grabbed my nuts and I gave a great presentation to you on the next 
you know, practice run we did. Yeah. And you cried. I, yeah, you I cried. Did, it was I hilarious. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an emotional <laughs> I like, girl. I was like one third of the way through with the presentation. I look over. He's like, I'm like, you okay, car? He's yeah, like, I was so, I'm proud, so of proud of you. I was so yeah. proud. Because like the week before you were just, oh man, it was so bad. Yeah, it was a mess. Um, but then that, within that week, we were just working really hard. Mm-hmm. And to see where you're at now, it's just Thank you. I amazing. appreciate that. Dude. Um, yeah, it's been a journey, man. It has, right? Journey. Yeah. What did you think about Miami? <laughs> um, Miami was fun. And I'm not sure if I'll pay for another ticket for the Bitcoin conference. Really? Why? Well, because right at the end, towards, you know, right before we went, sorry. It's like, anyway, right before we actually attended the Bitcoin conference, everybody I knew was like, oh, you need an extra ticket. I got you. I have a place to stay. I got you. But the thing was, I already had booked an Airbnb and bought a ticket months beforehand. Yeah, so that makes you were me like, think now. You were like literally trying to. Yeah. So you've been trying to plan. Yeah. Because you, I'm not getting into that, but. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to yeah. get into that. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> Car's lack of planning is astounding. But anyway. Um, no, I have, I plan. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. I plan. It's you. just yeah. like I plan closer to it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you know, this year, no, sorry, 23. It's going to be in Amsterdam. Did you know that? Wait. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Who told you that? The Bitcoin Twitter? No, I thought that was just this year. That's the conference. Yeah, there's a For conference. 23? No, that could confer- be totally wrong. No, there's a conference happening this year in October. Oh, uh, was that that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, if that, that was next year, oh, dude, that would be huge. I could be wrong, but I'm 65% sure. Uh, but anyway, that's why the point. No, I think that's this year. I can look it up. Let me see. Anyway, uh, if it is in Amsterdam for 23, that's going to be a lot of fun because I've never actually been outside the U.S. Funny enough. Really? Speaking of, how was your trip in Mexico? <laughs> what? Uh, it was good. Um, I'm trying to find that Bitcoin BTC conf. Bitcoin. Is it Bitcoin mag? Yeah, there it goes. Bitcoin magazine. Um, yeah, Bitcoin conference. I don't think they've announced it yet. I saw a Oh, oh right there. Bitcoin 2023. See, I told you. Date and time announcing soon. Um, pre-order tickets, well pass. Yeah, they don't have a date. They don't have a place yet. Right. It's going to be in Miami, bro. It's going to be in Miami. There's no way they can. Let me find it real quick. Hold on. Oh, they all tweeted about it. No, I think that's the one that's coming up this year. There's no way they're going to do it. There's no way they're not going to do it in Miami next year. They have everything set up perfectly. Of course, I don't have a connection right now, but. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. I, I could be, I could be wrong, but I just seriously doubt. Cause think about it. Like where else would they have it? Austin? We're too small. It's too small. It's too small for, for a Bitcoin. This is average. Not for that big. Not for something like that. You get the joke. <laughs> no, I didn't not get the joke. Are you going to go to the one in Amsterdam? If it is for 23, then yeah. Will they pay for a ticket? Probably But what not. about the one later this year? Are you going to go to that one? Oh, maybe. I'm not sure yet. Because, uh, you know, from October to November, I'll be in California. Yeah. So tell me about that. So, so that was, that was what happened. So basically you went to Miami, you did the, you did the speaking there. And then, then you started working on lightning escrow. And then after that, you had the Draper pitch, which was, yeah, last, was it last Thursday. Uh, it was like two weeks ago, dude. Is it two weeks ago? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after Miami, I had somebody reach out to me on Telegram 
and I'm not gonna say her name, but uh-huh. she was telling me about this program called Draper X. And okay. I was like, this is obviously a scam. Like there's no way this is real. <laughs> there's no way someone's reaching out to me for, you know, Tim Draper's program. And I looked, I looked into it and sure enough, Draper X is a real thing and I'll be at the first cohort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just weird because they reached out to me and, you know, not just me either, but you know, Michael and Ben Price and everybody else. So okay. I was like, okay, I'll, uh, you know, I'll apply and see what happens. And sh- sure enough, it was an amazing program. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They um, had some great mentors there. I learned a lot. Uh, they put me with a lot of uh, investors. Yeah. Um, really, truly enjoy the program. And the team there are also great. Um, but what I didn't know is that when you graduate the program, there's pitch day. Okay, that I knew. Um, uh-huh. But right before we started the pitch day, uh, Tim Draper himself was talking about, oh, you know, at the end of this uh, pitch, we're going to give away four scholarships for Draper University. I was like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. And I was a stat, like, I never would have expected that from him. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, pitch day ensued. I did a pretty good job. How did you do in pitch day? Because I heard like differentiating or differentiating. I can't say that word. Differentiating. Yeah. Stories. Like Kyle told me he did really good. You did really good. And then I heard somebody else say like, it was okay. And then you told me it was like really good because Drapes came up to you and gave you the fist bump. <laughs> I forgot to say that. I forgot to say what's up, Drapes. And I'm so mad. What's up, Drapes? Yeah. Drapes. But I will say in person when I meet him. Um, anyway, yeah. so I think I had, you know, not, not to jerk myself off here. Well, I think I had. Hopefully you don't. I think I had the there's, best there's pitch. There's people watching back here. I think I had the best pitch out of, you know, the 11 people there. Uh, besides Ben. I think him and I were neck and neck. Whoa, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Because the he price, had, man? Yeah, yeah. The price is right, man? Yeah. Um, but that said, Tim Draper was the only one to compliment my pitch. What did he say? Everybody. Publicly? Yeah, publicly. He's like, wow, great job. And then I had one of my mentors message me saying great job. And then Elise Colleen DM me on Twitter saying it was a good job of a pitch. So I thought it was really sweet of her. her. Yeah. Elise is really sweet. Um, Yeah, I like her a lot. Yeah, she's Um, really cool. But yeah, I had a great pitch, I feel like. And, you know, after that, I messaged one of the assistants who's in charge of coordinating, coordinating, coordinating everything within the program. And I was like, Hey, you know, just letting you know, I would love the opportunity to attend the Draper university. And she's like, cool. I hope you get it. I think you would be a very, you know, uh, valid candidate, I guess yeah. is the word. Um, and you know, the next couple of days were pretty daunting because I didn't know whether or not I would get it. Um, but sure enough, I got it and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, dude. Congratulations, Thank man. You. I appreciate that. To see where you've gone when we first met you mm-hmm. and then, yeah, dude, to see, to see all that kind of go, see where you are now is kind of, I'm just really, I'm just really proud of you, man. Thank you. I'm really that. proud of you. Like as a brother, as a younger brother, I would say, just really proud of you. You're, You're older than me, Car. I'm really old. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying like, I just, I'm just like a, you yeah, I've always looked to you like a, like a younger brother, just like trying to figure it out. And I just try to, at least me personally, I want to speak for everybody else, but I know me personally, I've always tried to like give you as much wisdom as I have. And hopefully you take some of it and can make it your own. But um, yeah, dude, I'm just so proud of you, man. Thanks, Carl. I appreciate that. Yeah, brother. That's uh, that's kind of cool. Thank you. But, what did, uh, uh, did Drapes, did he email you personally or did he DM uh, you or anything? No. no. So after- Did you meet his son? 
I didn't meet him over Zoom, but I'm going to assume that he was there because we got a list of everybody who was there. I feel like you would get along with his son. Probably. Yeah. Um, Ooh, excuse me. But the program itself looks really cool. And it's a lot of it is like communicating with venture capitalists to raise money. And the majority of people who have gone through the program actually raise money afterwards. Wow. I think it's like 60% of mm -hmm. people that go through the program. Again, could be totally wrong. Um, but nonetheless, the total amount of venture capital raised through the program is like $700 million, which is not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not too bad for a bunch of fiat. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. Do they just um, do it? Are they, do they just do Bitcoin now? Or are they still doing, they still dabbling in like Acoin and shit like that? They say they're fully Bitcoin focused, but at the same time, I guarantee you there's at least a couple <laughs> products in there that are not. Bitcoin it's okay. Focused. They're not watching yeah, this. It's, I mean, it's there's whatever. no way. I don't care about that. I mean, there's no I'm way they're watching this. This but is an unknown podcast. Yeah, no at the other day, they're there to make money and they yeah. know that there's money in crypto projects because they're going to dump later. So yeah. they're trying to catch it now. It's kind of one of those things but, where you yeah, see that time know. and time again, right? Where you, you have these very smart intellectually capitalized VCs, right? Don't want to call anybody out. They go and like get a bunch of Ethereum nerds <laughs> to make like a, a token. They then give said token. <clears throat> They then get the money to fundraise. Then they get that on Coinbase through all their connections, dump it into the open market, recoup that plus a little bit more. And it, it's just like how they build their Bitcoin stack. It's, it's kind of disgusting. Yeah. Um, and I'm it's surprised all, that uh, the Gensler hasn't like come out and like stopped it, but they'll keep doing it until somebody like, even, even if they do get like a speeding ticket, what what are they gonna what, what is it gonna be like what right. two million dollar speeding ticket like well, am amass the the millions they you know right. so it literally is just a speeding ticket to them that's how they see it the only reason I know that is because I used to work in the crypto space that's how they look at it they look at it like speeding tickets it's a speeding ticket so they make twenty million and they get a million dollar speeding ticket from the SEC big fucking deal oh, you yeah. know I don't know why I'm cursing today. You work on that. Yeah, I'm surprised, Car. Yeah. I'm toning it down. I'm toning it down for this podcast. And here you are. You're toning dropping, it down? Yeah, dropping the F bomb every two seconds. Nah, I don't mean to. I wanna I did you ever that. get into um you me and you talk about films all the time. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get into Stanley Kubrick? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I love his films. He's um he said a couple things that I was looking into. What do you think about this? He said, however vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. That's my job as a filmmaker. I'm going to create some light for myself and hopefully other people will be able to see it too. Do you think that's uh do you think that's possible when you're creating something? When you're um when you're building something? Yeah. Do you I think would, that's I would possible? Say so because hard times create strong men. I think right now we are we are in a very interesting time and in not only in America, but in the world right now with all the markets, uh, politics, the economy. Um, not to get into politics. Um, yeah, I think that's very relevant for what's going on today. Yeah. I keep seeing on Twitter, like, you know, they, they talk about Marvel. You're a big fan of Marvel movies. I'm not. <laughs> I know no, you're fucking not. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, I know you're okay, not. I've only cursed one time that show, but it's for a reason. <laughs> I do not like Marvel. It's yeah, I know you don't like Marvel. Um, garbage. It's, no. <laughs> but don't you think it's weird how you have like these Marvel films that come out now and. Oh my God. What? I had to cut you off. No, go so for it. So when I was in Florida, 
I actually took a girl on a date. You did? Yeah. Like a Florida girl? Yeah. Like a Florida Gator girl? She was a goth girl, but oh, she was a goth um, girl. Anyway, You're dating goth girls? No, 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 no. I'm not. I didn't. We didn't date, but um, we went and saw what was it? The Doctor Strange film. Is it any good? Oh my god! It was the worst film I've ever seen. Oh, it was a hot garbage. It was extremely woke. The story was garbage. There was like, it was just all CGI. It was terrible. Dang, dude. It was horrible. God. It was horrible. And that's the, probably the last Marvel film I'll ever watch. Dude, it, it's- It was so bad, Car. Dude, it's so, so interesting bad. how you can, it's that, that, that woke component to a lot of the media stuff that we see now in like the world has gotten so like saturated and it's, it's spreading like a disease that you can't even, it. you can't, yeah, I ignore it too, but you can't even, um, can you enjoy like a, a movie anymore? Like that said, we did watch a really good movie last Top month. Gun? No, the Northman. Oh yeah. yeah that yeah. was fantastic. Dude, that was, an that was an awesome film. movie. That's a Bitcoin movie. Yeah. I, there was a couple people that didn't like it. I, I was like, why? Well, I it's mean, the same director. I mean, we were talking about this director, right? The uh, the guy who did um, the, Witch. the Witch, and then he did Lighthouse. Oh man, it was also then a he fantastic did, film. Then he did this one. It was like, what did you expect? Of course, he was gonna be. It was gonna be an amazing flick. Yeah, dude, I love that movie. I really do. It's one of my favorites of this year. The other one was Top Gun. Did you see Top Gun? I did not know. You look like the guy from Top Gun. <laughs> He has, said, same, before, he has the same. He has the same mustache. Before I started this podcast with you, you said I look like a cop. Yeah, like, you <laughs> look like that. you could be in the military too. No, like, but he 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 has the same Tom Selleck mustache in in the movie. You and the, Kyle, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just messing around, man. We're not serious. What was I going to tell you though? Oh no, I was going to tell you about that Disney thing. So Disney thing. Yeah, yeah. So. You know how you keep seeing like, yeah, what you said, the wokeness and all this stuff to it. Don't you think it's weird? Like when I know for me growing up, maybe it's different for you because you're you're younger than me. But I remember watching Disney growing up and the bad guys were like witches and like, you know, I've seen old like, Disney movies. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they were like witches or they're just like ghouls or they were monsters. Yeah, there's no agenda. It was just media. No, 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 no. That's one thing. I'm Yeah, that's definitely one thing. The other thing I'm hitting on is you see it now and, and all these, all these bad guys that they're, they're now, yeah. they look like, they look like they're, they're either their parents or their, their relatives, or it's like, um, their uncles or they're related to them. And that that's who the superhero is defeating. Don't yeah. you think that's, don't you think that's kind of strange? Yeah. That's, uh, <sighs> That's not good, dude, because what they're trying to say is that, oh, you know, subliminally or subliminal. How do you say that yeah, word? Yeah, subliminal. Yeah, subliminal. Uh, the underlying message is, you know, trying to destroy, I think, family values through media like that. Um, and not just with the, you know, enemy kind of stuff, but the overall message and who like the hero is. Um, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I, I can't even enjoy films nowadays because of the hard push for these messages that I have no interest in. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't politically, I'm pretty open-minded, but when it gets to a point where it's clearly, a agenda. yeah, it's clearly an agenda, not a piece of art. That's when I start to have issues, you know? Yeah. It's obnoxious. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's something that's going to continue on for the next 20 years because I'm sick of it. 
And I'm sure the average person is are, sick of it. Are other people your age, like the goth girl that you were dating in Florida? Is, was she woke or was she like... I mean, I, we didn't really talk politics, but I mean, I, I don't really think she had a political ideology, to be honest. Um, but I think a lot of it was just being unaware and the lack oh, okay. of knowledge of what's really going on today behind the curtains. Um, because for me, I, I love politics, right? Yeah. I love looking, you know, far right, far left, authoritarian, libertarian. I love it all, dude. Like I just started reading, um, the rise and fall of communism and oh, it's cool. an amazing book so far. Who's, um, is it, was it, is it new or is it like an older book? Uh, I'm not sure. I found it at a thrift store, but oh, okay. so far it's really good. Um, yeah, Should I, I took a picture of yeah. it and put it on Twitter. <laughs> no, but uh, I'll, bring, I'll bring it someday. But uh, I bring that up because... What is it about or like what's the... How far have you got into like a chapter? Oh, I just started reading it last night. It's oh, like, okay. I'm only like 20 pages in. I okay, uh, cool. had to go to bed because I was tired. But uh, I bring that up because um, people my age have no ideology that they stand with. Because if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for anything. And that's an issue which is why being educated on politics alone, you know, economically or socially, at least economically, um, the lack of knowledge of politics really is an issue for people my age, uh, because if you don't know what's going on in the world and you don't know how to make decisions based off of this climate, it's going to affect you and your family. That's a fact. But you know, with that said, it gets to a point where you can't be too aware of what's going on because then it like, it's like daunting, like, oh my God, like this is really happening behind the curtains and no one knows about it. Uh, so don't, don't let it get to you. But I like to read about, read online and offline uh, about these kinds of things because I, I want to make decisions that are much more informed that the average person does, doesn't know about. You know? Yeah. I've been seeing that too. Like, um, I think you're right. I think there's some, there's definitely a group of people that, you know, we classify as normies in the Bitcoin space that I wouldn't say they're necessarily doing anything uh, along or according to the agenda. They're just more like misinformed, right? Like they're, they're. And you can't blame them. Yeah, you, you can't, can't blame, blame them. them. Like they're literally reading their local newspaper, their, their CNN, their Fox News, their NBC I don't even watch this, dude. But you know what I mean? Like these people, and then they're they're seeing it on TikTok or Instagram and they're celebrities that they like that are also saying the same thing. So it's like, a it's a whole mass, you know, psychosis that's going on. And then you have people that are like us who you see it all the time. We'll, we'll be at Meteor, we'll be at some meetup and the barista or whoever it is will literally say like, Oh, are you guys celebrating a birthday party? Like what's going on here? And we're like, no, this is just a Bitcoiner event. This is what we do. And it's like every type of person you can think of under the sun. And I, and that's I the think, nice thing about it is that yeah. there's no political divide between this because we all have the same goal in mind, I would assume. Um, but it's, it's nice to see that I would say Bitcoin is politically blind. If that makes any sense, you know, as cheesy as that sounds. It could be, it could be sauced up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Sauce it up car. I don't know. I don't know the right, I don't know the right context to how to say that. Uh, for me, I, yeah, I, I, I just really go back to like the whole, the whole thing that's in, in the space where everybody talks about it. It's just like fix the money and the world will be fixed too as well. You know, that's another thing is that, you know, 
when you read about politics, you start to get into history and vice versa. And a lot of history is about banks, really, at the end of the day. What do you mean? Well, you know, for example, um, I shouldn't get into it. But there's a, book, get into there's a book called The History of the Central Banking System. Okay. And it gets really in-depth on how enthralled the banking system is with controlling politics on both sides. And, okay. you know, ultimately, if you can't control the money of a nation, well, money and two other things, but if you can't control the money of a nation, then it's bound to either become corrupt and or fail. For example, Rome. You know, sure, the Germans defeated them in the last, you know, tail end of their reign, but a lot of it was because of the banking system they had. And it, it gets really deep really fast. It would have to be a whole podcast about... Let's do it. Let's just yeah? talk about... Yeah, let's do it. Who cares? I mean, we, we Car, got, I can't. We're, we're here to... We got another 25 minutes before we have to get out of here. So tell me tell me more. All right, I'll, I'll give the gist of it. I'll give, a, I'll give a sliver of it. But you look throughout history, and the same group of people have always controlled the banking system. And it's not just these, you know, small rich families that do it. It's, it's like, you know, the elite, you know, that do it. Um, and people that have tried to stand up against them are, you know, shot down, you know, on both left and right. Mm. Like they're killed. Like, for example, JFK. You think that he was doing that? 100%. The reason why he was killed, I think, you know, one of the reasons why, um, besides defunding the CIA, is he tried to take back our currency from the Federal Reserve. So I didn't I, know that. Yeah, yeah. Look is it that up. Like an Amazon documentary, or is oh, no, that like no, a it's YouTube just thing? you just read about it. Um, but he actually tried to get the dollar and take the printing power away from the Federal Reserve and put it back onto, I think it was a gold standard. I could be wrong. It wasn't a gold standard, but um, regardless, what he tried to do was take away the printing power from the Federal Reserve, and they hated that. They hated that so much because if you can't control the money of a country, you can't control the narrative. It's ultimately what it is. Um, but that's just seen throughout history multiple times and you start to notice it and you look really far into it and it's amazing what you discover. And it gets to a point where... I think this guy just picked his butt. <laughs> no, he was pulling out his COVID mask. God, this is why um, we're not going to make it, Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are, why are they anyway, still wearing COVID mask? I don't know, but let me finish this real quick. So it gets to a point where... There's only so much you can say in public that, you know, will sound crazy if you do that on camera. So I like to keep quiet about certain things that I know because I will sound crazy and or get canceled. So, you know, because of that, um, you can't. You can't get canceled. You owe Bitcoin. Car. You think me, you can get trust canceled? Me, you can get canceled. Whoa. Um, Whoa, really? Yeah. Anyway. So, so you, no, no, hang on, hang on. Before you go, do you really believe if you hold Bitcoin, you could still get canceled? Well, yeah, just because you hold any currency doesn't mean you can't get canceled. I don't know. That's a spicy take, Tristan. I don't know if I, I don't know. We'd like to see whatever everybody else thinks about that. All right. Well, go ahead. <laughs> um, Tell us in the comments. Yeah. Anyway, so to wrap up <laughs> what I'm saying, um, you know, it gets to a point where you know so much about history and what's really going, behind, going on behind the curtains. Uh, you, you start to see it in, in everyday life, especially in venture capital. It's getting kind of spooky because. What do you mean? What do you so mean for example, So for example, Tim Draper's, I think, great-grandfather or grandfather, one of the two. <laughs> Are you sure you want to say this? I am 100% sure. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Because it's on Wikipedia. Okay, All okay. I'm doing okay. is just regurgitating with Wikipedia. Okay, cool. His great-grandfather we'll right or here. grandfather. No, we won't. Was a part of the Gale's Skull and Bones. What's that, Gale's Skull and Bones? Yale. 
You guys know the college? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Skull, Skull oh, like the movie? No, like a club. Like a... Anyway, uh, it's like up there with the Freemasons. So it's a above Freemasons. No, no, it's 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 like it's it's bordering. Oh, anyway, oh, okay, cool, cool. cool. Um, but so I it's like those, a secret society. Yeah, pretty much. But I thought that was interesting because it, it gets you have to be aware on whose money you're taking in venture capital because you don't know who's funding their fund, right? Like for example, BlackRock could be funding this other guy that takes a you know twenty percent share of my company now as a narrative of my company and now can enforce know, woke ideologies and all this other stuff, right? So you have to be really careful. It gets deep real fast. And no one talks about this. So you're saying that... And I think one day if I talk too loud and I get, you know, involved in politics... Well, I'm you're probably, on this show. No one's going to well, watch no, this. No, no, But listen, I'm talking like 20, 30 years on the line because I most likely plan on running for politics because Do of the really? issues. Yeah, probably. No, like and, president? Yeah. yeah, why not? Trump did it. <laughs> he did it. He's just a rich guy who had a great, you know... So, so, you're, so you're saying Tristan 2034... Anyway. No, we'll Would see. it be 2034, um, 2024? Who knows? The legal age to run for president is It'd be 2036. So Tristan, 2030, Beach, um, <laughs> Beach, 2036. Um, anyway, so. Because you'll be at age by then, right? Yeah, but um, back to what I was saying. You heard so, it here first, breaking news. Beach, 2036. <laughs> it's a maybe, it's a maybe, but. Um, no, I, I believe you. You've been telling me that since day I met you. Um, I think if I start talking to a point where it gets in the way of their agenda, then I'm. They're probably going to try to, you know, take me out. Um, Not with I, that mustache. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no way. The mustache will see it coming. He'll pull out a gun and just be like, pew, 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 um, Anyway, that's just enough pew, about that. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not trying to make fun of the thing that you're saying. I I, I tend to believe these days that, um, sure, are, are there, are there, you know, oh my God, this guy's wearing a mask, full on mask. Did you see that? No. Okay. Um, I, I tend to believe these days. Yeah. Is there a mask kind of thing going on where it feels like it's very, you know, controlled and there's these things going on? Absolutely. I think you would have to be an idiot not to see these things. Right. Yeah. I am on the side of like, cool, you're going to go do that. Like, good luck being that darkness, being that kind of, um, that, uh, that vast emptiness for society that, that never works. Like it, it never works because when people see like this beautiful, like illuminating light and it, 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 it becomes infectious because humans, us as humans, we, we gravitate towards the light. We gravitate towards sunshine. We gravitate towards the sun. We are people of the sun, really. Mm -hmm. And I, I think when you have this darkness over here and, and the people are just, are going to see that and maybe they'll get swayed into going into it. But I, I just don't believe over the course of time, people are, are going to stay away from the light. It's impossible. It's a, uh, it's, it's a balance. And I, I think throughout history, we've always had these kind of, you know, dark versus light forces. And it's always oh, no. been a thing. It's always been a thing, but it's always been this kind of like thing you have to like, sometimes maybe the, the darkness is winning and then the light comes back and then the light is winning for a little while. And then the dark comes back. It's always been like that throughout history. And I think it's a lot more simpler than people realize. And I think right now us as Bitcoiners- very complex. I think I th I'm sure you are, but I think it like for me to wrap my mind around it, I think for me, it's very easy, as simple as like create the light, 
be that and hope enough people get on board before it gets really worse. The truth fears no investigation. What does that mean? It means what it says. Or it's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, if something is like, true. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't fear to be investigated. Yeah. Right. So if you start to question things and people you're questioning get angry, that's, really that's very suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's going on right now with uh, your president and our president? Don't get me started. Don't get me started. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's someone pulling the strings behind him. That's been every president almost ever. Um, but yeah, for sure. What are you gonna do July 4th, man? <laughs> Great switch of topics. Um, because I mean, yeah, at, yeah. at the end of the day, you yeah. still have to celebrate your independence. Yeah. Um, right? I'm not sure yet. I've been trying to get something together. Uh, maybe at the park down by, was it, what's that park over there by the river? Uh, Auditorium Shores? I'm not sure, sure. Um, anyway, I was hoping to get people together and maybe like a barbecue and oh, you know, cool. just, yeah, watch the fireworks. I think about doing that Willie Nelson thing. What? So Willie Who's Nelson that? throws a, um, <clears throat> he throws like a party mm -hmm. every 4th of July. Uh, and then he, um, yeah, he has, he invites his friends, his like people to come play. There's food, there's drinks, there's like arts and crafts and stuff. And it's always a good time. I think about doing that. Arts it's, and crafts. Yeah. You know, it's just like. Like art feathers and cotton swab. What's going no, on it's kind of like face paintings and oh, like, okay. uh, like that was the thing when we went to Mexico city, dude, like, show up like full Aztec. And I like, <laughs> like we, we went to Mexico city. There is, that was one thing that I really loved about Mexico city is they had this like culture of everybody being outside, having fun, just like on a regular day. And me and Logan got some footage of it, but, um, let me see if I can bring it up. But there is this guy who was acting silly, dude. He was so silly, but, um, this is it right here. Let me show him, see if I can play it. Uh, but he was like, uh, he was just full on acting like a, uh, like an idiot almost, but like he was putting on a show. See? Cards like the size of an ant. I can't see anything. But they were just like dancing and having fun. But it, he was, he, I guess he was like a clown or something, putting on a show for everybody. It, it was, it was cool, dude. It was like, I'm laughing because it's like really far away from me. He's like, look, no, look, but Tristan, what, what look, I'm trying to ass guy, it's like 20 feet away. He was orange. Me. That's what drew me to him. Oh, okay. Uh, it was, it was interesting because like, they have like this whole full on park. Imagine auditorium shorts right there. Mm -hmm. And it was just like covered of people. Zilker is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Zilker. Zilker. Okay. Yeah. But it was just like, it was covered of people. There was, there were stands. People were selling food. They were selling like face paint. It was full on like, like village. And there wasn't anything special other than it was just a Sunday. And this is what they do. Like, this is a part of their culture. And I was just like, man, dude, this is, that's where we need to get back to, man. Yeah, man. Like, I feel like we do it here in Austin as Bitcoiners. Like we try to make these events happen and we get people together and but man, it's just trying to convince the rest of these people, the people that just walked by with a mask on, it's trying to get them to understand like, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of, man. I think at that point, there's no helping these people and you just have to be the leading example and you know, be so good to the point where people are gonna to want to follow you. Um, but people like that, you just, you know, you can't help them. They're just so far gone. And mind you, these people are like 30, 32, 35, and they're just yeah, unaware. Dude. And like their open-mindedness calcifies after a period of time to the point where you just can't help them. 
It's it's sad. Yeah. Um, so Do you know I, anybody like that that's close to you? Uh, not really. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, I think returning to our roots is uh, you know, very important because yeah. um, like for example, I think after I'm like you know, thirty, thirty five. When I, when I do start a family. 2036 beach, beach for president. <laughs> Before 2030, I want to get out of here. Get uh, out of here, what do you mean? Like um, planet Earth? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm no, trying to figure out like will a rocket. Come on. Oh, I don't know, no, dude. Um, but Maybe Elon's really not bullshitting yeah, about what this What I really want to do is actually bring my family to Northern Europe because we're, we're actually talking about, talking about it now because, you know, like I love America. I, I will always be an American. Um, but to raise children in this country right now is just, I don't think ideal. Because mm-hmm. what do you say that for? Like even in a small town, I think the biggest thing for me is the education system or lack of. What about just getting getting what homeschooled or something? Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's I think one of the biggest issues in America right now is the lack of education and a lack of a system for education. Because let's break it down. So what they're teaching, how they're teaching it, and the interactions that they have with teachers. So how they're teaching it is complete garbage. It's just awful. Like there's so much in history alone you could dive into for the rest of your life. And I was actually talking about this with, um, you know, a father when I met at, um, at the meteor, uh, he brought his kid with him and he's Who? like a, a father. Yeah. A father. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was Matt's friend. Um, and he had a kid and this kid was like 13 and I was talking to him and cause I was really curious about like how the school system is treating him. And he's talking about Roman history and how they were learning it in class. I was like, Oh no way. Like, Roman history is my favorite period and, uh, you know, genre of history. And I was like, well, what did you learn? He's like, oh, we learned about, you know, some of the aqueducts and uh, rivers. And that's about it. I was like, are you kidding me? There's so much to Roman history. You could spend an entire lifetime learning half of it. They didn't learn about any of the emperors, you know, wars, battles, military ranks. It, it, they didn't cover any of that. So that alone, I think, is a great example of how broken our education system is today. It's such a mess car. And it's, just, it's such a shame because if we put, you know, one twentieth of our military budget into the education, education system that was, you know, well built and structured in a way that it was tailored to the individual or a, like a genre, at least, um, I think we would be much, much better off. I think I also think, too, to your point, I think there's a. Um there's a need to like, uh, this is going to sound really bad. Mm-hmm. It's going to sound really, no, I'm about to say it. Uh-oh. I don't care. There's a need to like, maybe I won't use that word, but there's a need to put certain people in a class and certain people in another class because not everybody is smart, okay, man. Listen, like then not everybody listen, is smart. It has nothing to do with race and everything. No, I'm not talking about no, that. I'm saying no, like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm listen, saying like, I, I, as, I'm saying as far, saying. I'm saying as far as like, smarts go there's people that learn yeah. in that kind of system where it's like oh you know you could you could study really good and pass tests and like there's that kind of smart and then there's another type of smart that's like a you know a creative smart or or somebody exactly who like has more of a yeah. business mindset. I, know, I know i know you're not talking about race i know you're not talking, I, no, like nothing I, to do with that but it's, it, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where like i think you need to put those certain groups in different classes and let them go a different curriculum yeah absolutely i also think it's i also think it would help too if they didn't standardize everything. I think if they got yeah. rid of tests, like yeah. I think if you just get rid of tests and you let, and you let kids naturally go to where they want to go, like what they want to learn exactly, and then give them all the help in that field, particular field. Maybe there's like seven fields and 
They get to pick what they want to do. That's exactly what my parents did with me. Yeah. And then they just help them, guide them, and give them the best material for that particular field of study. Mm-hmm. I think that way it would also help too. I mean, sure, you want to give like a basic foundation. Maybe that's grades one through three or something like, or one through four. But like after the foundation, you should be building them towards whatever they want to be in life. I, I don't, I don't know, man. To me, yeah, that no, probably, totally that right. sounds crazy to people right now no, when I say this. It's not crazy at all. It's, be, it's because, you know, going back to the standardization thing is the way academia works right now is you memorize something, pass the test, repeat. It's terrible. There's no fun in that. It's, there's no fun. That's why I hated school so much because, you know, I was a good student and I was like, you know, one Did of the better ones. Did you get beat up in school and you told me like you got no, beat up? No, 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 what never, was that? never. What was that you told me you were like, used to fight people in school or something? I did jujitsu in high school. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did that for six years. You never, show, you never showed up in the jujitsu. You didn't show up, you liar. <laughs> You're a liar. I was waiting for you. I was smoking a cigar on the beach with no, Kyle. I, wasn't I was like, show. "Where's Carr?" He's like, "I don't know. It's probably with Marty had, or some shit." I had so much. I had I'm so not, much. Dude, it's fine. It's um, fine. Anyway, getting back to the point of education. But did you fight people with jujitsu in school? I did wrestling, and I fought people in wrestling. Really? School. Yeah, I actually quit wrestling because the teacher was a prick. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoy fighting because it's a test of the individual and it really, really humbles you. It really does. Getting punched in the face humbles you for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it's not a matter of, especially in jujitsu, it's, it's not a matter of size. It's about a matter of experience. Like I've seen some of the skinniest, shortest people beat up a six, four, 250 pound muscular dude. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's a metaphor for how it's like chess, right? Ultimately it's what it's like because you can be, you know, skinny. You can be short. It's the short guys got to watch out for, by the way. Um, it doesn't matter as long as you know the tactics and the strategies and, you know, how to take someone down and put them into a submission. That's all that matters. Dang, dude. Would you ever fight for sats? Like jujitsu? Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, like God. A tur- I, like I an actual fought, tournament though? Yeah. I mean, I haven't fought in over a, like a couple of years because I've just been working. Oh. Um, but I would love to get back into jujitsu. Because like there's a a gym around here called 10th planet. And supposedly that's where Joe Rogan goes to. So that would be really Which cool. One, 10th planet. 10th planet. Yeah. Have you been there? No, I have not, but oh, I, well. I would like to get go? back into it. I would love to get back into it once I'm not, you know, so busy with what I'm doing right now. Um, when are you leaving uh, for, cause you have to go to drapes, right? You got to go to drapes. October University. 3rd to November 2nd. Oh, so it's not until later in the year. It's like three months away. Okay. So what yeah. are you going to do with your, are you just going to leave everything here and then go and then come back or? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to have somebody, uh, you know, help me out with that. But anyway, um, you could probably like sublease it to Bitcoiner that's no, listening. No, we'll figure it out. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, back to the education part. Uh, Cause I really want to talk about this and you know, we can talk about how it's broken, but going back to your point, uh, catering specific curriculums to certain individuals that helps them instead of, you know, combats them would be fantastic because obviously I'm not a musician. I'm not going to take or have any interest in music classes, but they made me do it because, oh, you know, just try it out. Like I had no interest. Like I played the French horn. You're terrible. It was horrible. I was the worst player out of everybody, but I thrive in math and business, you know, like that's something I love doing, you know? Um, But it's not offensive to bring up that idea because everyone's different. And, you know, someone's going to be better at something else than no, 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 guy. It it's just makes true. total sense. Everybody's truly, different jobs, different everybody's industries. Everybody's truly unique, man. Yeah. I think that's like the, the biggest thing that most people don't realize is um, the more and more people that you run into throughout your life, the more you realize everybody's really unique and have a, have a very unique set of skills. Yeah. Whether they 
double down on them and actually use them in their life is one thing, but yeah. everybody has those, everybody has those special abilities within themselves to actually see it uh, and to use it. But uh, do they do it? Sometimes not. Sometimes they're- Because they, because school tells them like, oh, you're a failure. Like, oh, you know, amount to anything just because you got F's in your test. Like, no, it doesn't mean anything. Like for example, my little brother almost failed out of high school because he did not enjoy it whatsoever. But he's a fantastic musician. He can play any instrument. He plays like 20 instruments and he's yeah, amazing. Yeah, you're telling me, right? He's amazing. You're saying like he's like kind of like Kyle, that he's like a, a nomad or something? That's what he wants to do. Yeah, he wants to live in a van. Um, we'll get into that later. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just that goes, that alone goes to show you that school is not a determining factor in success. Because I think, you know, the A students always work for somebody else. The B students are the managers. <laughs> the C students are the people that own the business. And the D students are the guys who built the building. You know, that's usually how it goes. Dang, dude. That's usually how it is. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, a, that's a big reason why I didn't go to college is because in my junior year, I realized I fucking hate school. Oh my God, I hate school. Really? Because I was so done with it. And, you know, there was just political agendas and shit I didn't want to learn. And, you know, all this other just bullshit. I couldn't imagine like a little bass Tristan, like <laughs> going to class. I didn't talk. I didn't talk for an entire year. Yeah. I would show up to class. I would never take my headphones out and I would sit there. All class, every class. I didn't talk to anybody. It was terrible. I fucking hated it. And I was like begging my parents to let me drop out. They're like, no, I need to get a degree. And for high school, I was like, fuck. So for an entire year, I did nothing. It was terrible. Dang, um, dude. Yeah. So after that, I realized, okay, I hate school uh, because at the time I was, I was reading about these entrepreneurs like Larry Ellison, Elon Musk, and, you know, Jeff Bezos and all those, you know, people, um, you notice a pattern when you read about business history and that most of these found, oh shit, founders, mm -hmm. uh, they either dropped out of college or didn't go entirely. And with that thinking in mind, because I wanted to be, you know, a founder of a company, <laughs> Cause I knew I would ever since I was a kid, I was like, okay, if these guys didn't go and they're doing just fine, why should I go? So with that in mind, I did not go. And I'm really glad I didn't. I'm really glad I didn't because had I did, or had I, what I have gone, I would be a totally different person. Yeah. But, you've been um, working for IBM. Yeah. Unfortunately. Integrating their blockchain solution. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they actually do want to do that with the vaccine stuff today. What do you mean? With like the COVID vaccine stuff. What do they want to do? Put that information on the blockchain. You mean like a database? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, anyway, so I didn't go to college and I uh, just, you know, do not regret it whatsoever because I'm not in debt. I'm pretty well off. And I think experience triumphs a degree any day. Because just, cause, just because you're certified in something doesn't mean you're actually qualified. Because I've had some certified idiots and oh my God, they're just not qualified to do the job at all. That's um, what I like about Bitcoin, man. It, it really just is about proof of work. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, it's like, it what is. have you done? What have you done for lately for Bitcoin? Um, and, and I mean, that can be, a that good... can only, that can only take you so far, right? You get people mm -hmm. like Eric Voorhees and some of these old guys who have, who have ended up, you know, they were Bitcoiners and then they turned into shit coiners and now right. they're like yeah. big shit coiners. And it's like, when was the last time we've done anything for Bitcoin, Eric Voorhees? You know, it's, it's kind yeah, of one of those thing things. I like about the Bitcoin industry is that it's just about proof of work. You know, this is a good and bad thing is that the bad thing is that there's no necessary, or I'm sorry, no need for prior experience. 
And that can let in a lot of people who are like, you know, oh my God, I'm here to make a quick buck. But it's also a great thing because there's no prior experience needed. And because of that, you see a lot of people, you know, like Jack Mahler's and like me, did he go to college? I'm not know. sure. I don't know. Um, but because there's no barrier of entry, it lets in a lot of people who do have great ideas into the space to allow change for this industry, which is great. Um, and, you know, albeit that's a small minority of people, um, that's all you really need. Because no matter what you do, the minority who are successful are always going to cater and help the, the majority of people. That's just always how it is. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. I always just looked at it like, um, I want to go make cool shit, but I want to do it under the Bitcoin thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I actually, I really do enjoy this uh, industry a lot. And, it, you know, it's full of great people. It's funny, right? And, oh, God, it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> Have you seen any good memes lately? Uh, no, I don't really use social media uh, besides for posting. Shut up. I've been seeing you post on social media a lot more. Because it gets traffic. If because it, it gets traffic. Car, listen. Yeah, I do true. not does, use social media. It's a what, let me it's go to your, judgmental to your mind. Let me go to your... You said something the other day I was looking at. I might have retweeted it. Might have no, not. I don't use TikTok. I don't use Instagram. I don't use Snapchat. You don't use no, TikTok? I don't I use thought, anything. I thought you had your own TikTok page of like you what? dancing. No. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, here, let me see um, if I can find it. But if it weren't for anything professionally related, I would not use social media whatsoever. It, that's just a... Excuse me. I just really wouldn't. Because I have no interest in it. What was and the... And the reason for that is because I read a book um, called The Shallows uh -huh. and how it affects um, our minds and, you know, our sense of delayed, or lack of delayed gratification today and today's society. And yeah. it's interesting because, you know, because everything is so much faster, well, whether it be social media or, you know, getting your food, the way we think is different. The way we write is different. The way we talk is different. It's amazing. It's a really, really good book. It's a very short read. You should check out this book. I don't know if you, we had, we had uh, a vague on mm -hmm. last week on TFTC. You should check out his Vague. book. It's called Woke. Uh, Woke Inc. Yeah. Dude, it's really good, dude. I started, I started listening to it um, this past weekend. Man, if you want to talk about books, I love talking about books because I've read, it's, I've read it's really good. so many good books in the last couple of years. I wanted to show you this. Um, where is it at? Cause I had one thing that I wanted to ask you. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, now we get to questions at the very tail end of this. <laughs> yeah. I just, I yeah, mean, so fine. what was this Tristan? What, what was this? What were you doing at Pleb Lab? Was this you? So if you guys can't see it, it's a picture of his laptop that he doesn't use anymore. And I wrote with an Oxbow marker, shitcoin laptop. <laughs> so let me talk about that. <laughs> so what was that about? Let me explain. So before the end of the Draper X, uh, program, there was pitch day. That was the big deal of it, right? Yeah. And in order to be in pitch day, it'd be in Zoom. And in order to use Zoom. Wait, it was at Zoom? It was, it Zoom? was on Zoom, unfortunately. Okay. Um, and one of the main features of Zoom they need to have in order to be a part of pitch day is sharing a screen. Okay. Right. And I can't because I use a Linux based uh, distribution, I'm sorry, op operating system. And you know, with, with the inability to share my screen, that poses an issue where I can't have my pitch deck in front of people that I really want to get in touch with. So I was trying to find a laptop that would, you know, at least have the ability to share my screen. And I need a laptop that runs Windows. So like three days before the pitch, um, I was really running around trying to find oh, they're coming. Um, a laptop. Hurry, we get, this is it. the last story. We got to keep carrying. Hurry, hurry. No, they're fine. Um, so I need to find a laptop that ran Windows and... Within 24 hours or like, you know, a couple of days. So 
Um, that was an issue. So I tried using your laptop, but I remember that I installed a XFCE version of Ubuntu on it and I couldn't run it because it was not only locked, but I couldn't, I didn't have a, a windows ISO to bootload on it. Uh, so that was annoying. So I was like, fuck. So what I did was I went to Goodwill. Here they come. And you know, fuck anyway, off. so why'd you write anyway, this? Anyway, I got, I, I bought a windows laptop from Goodwill for hundred bucks and I think it was worth it. But why'd you yeah. write shitcoin laptop on there? Because the laptop's a piece of shit. <laughs> It's a horrible piece of shit. <laughs> oh right. my God. Thanks for listening, everyone. I was trying to get like why All he right. wrote it on there, but I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was. Anyway. It's a, it's a pawn shop laptop. What do you expect? Bro, that laptop's complete garbage. <laughs> it belongs in the trash, honestly. I couldn't yeah. even like. We can't even get the Wi Fi to work. Okay. Well, anyway. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Okay, bye. <laughs>